morning, everybody. Uh, it's a beautiful day today. I really want to welcome you and just say uh, we're glad you're here with us this morning. This morning we uh, tried something different in our foyer, and uh, I love the foyer. The foyer to me is a place where we greet everybody, we get to know people, we encourage each other, we speak words of life here, and uh, that's so, so, so important. I know uh, you're not here, but uh, you can go online, and I encourage you to go online and uh, greet one another. It's important that we stay close together. We have pinned uh, a connection card uh, to the uh, comment section, and encourage you if you're visiting us or if you have some needs or you want us to pray, uh, just go online, go to the comment section, fill out the card, and uh, put your prayer request there too. We'll, we'll be praying for you all week. While we may, may be getting used to uh, church online, uh, I know that you can't come to see us, but I know we can come see you. Actually, uh, I've heard uh, that some of you have had a special visitor come by your house. I heard that it was actually Jesus himself who showed up to your house and that he brought you some resurrection eggs. Isn't he so good to us? Let's watch uh, Jesus in action.
What's on the bag? Go inside. Jesus uh, always knows where we are and he's always coming to us and so grateful for that. Um, this morning, uh, I'm returning to our series called God's Rescue. Our text is Psalm 107 and we've looked at three rescues. This morning, we're going to explore God's final rescue and it's a life-threatening storm. You can see the picture here. Good reminder. We all know what it looks like to be caught in one of life's many storms we realize either slowly or immediately that the waves and the wind they actually have power over our lives these various storms can include sudden illnesses financial struggles relationship tensions issues with our children emotional turmoil the list goes on so before we start this morning i want you to identify a particular storm that you might have in your own life. Today, while we're talking about the storm, I want you to remember, I want you to remember uh, that Jesus is our anchor. We sing a song, it's called Cornerstone. And it's an awesome song. We profess in that song the truth that through the storm, he is Lord, Lord of all. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. Let's sing that this morning as we prepare to talk about the Lord's rescue in a storm.
darkness seems to hide his face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. My anchor holds within the veil. Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love. Through the storm, He is Lord, Lord of all. shall come with trumpet sound. Oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless and before the throne. Oh, Christ It's a powerful song. It's a beautiful song. Amen. It's a song where we uh, affirm our faith that even in a storm, uh, he is still the Lord. This is our fifth week online church, and we're so thankful that you're here this morning. If you are experiencing uh, this for the first time, we want to welcome you. We're glad you're here. Uh, we hope you get encouraged, and we hope that you stay encouraged. To everyone who has been part of the body here at Messiah, I want to thank you for your faithful 
and your generous giving. We are living definitely in an unprecedented time. But through your giving, we are reaching out and we're bringing hope to people who are facing many, many storms. We hear about them each and every week, every day. Many who see this broadcast are facing life storms without knowledge or help from God. We sing a song that says, there's another in the fire standing next to me. There's another in the water holding back the seas. Maybe you feel this way. You are in a fire. You are in a storm. Well, today I want to introduce you to Jesus Christ. He is the one who stands in the fire with us. He stands in the storm and he quiets the water. We at Messiah family, we're so grateful and we're so thankful that together we can bring this to you. We can reach out. Although you can't see our entire church family, they are here with us. They're reaching out to you and to each other. In a minute, uh, on your screen, a slide will come up with various ways to give. There's a link in the Facebook comment section. That link goes directly to our PayPal account. Before you go there, let's pray. Let's bow our heads and let's honor God. Let's pray as we give. <clears throat> Dear God, your word tells us in Proverbs 11, a generous man will prosper, and he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Lord, this morning, we are a generous people. We know, God, that you are generous with us. And, Lord, we want to refresh other people, God, so we give freely. And, God, we are assured that as we refresh others, Lord, you will refresh us and take care of us. So we give generously and we give freely. In Jesus' wonderful name, I pray for everyone, Lord. All God's people said, amen. grace that God gives us when our hearts are under fire. So let's worship this morning knowing that no matter how hot that fire gets, no matter how powerfully that storm rages, we are never ever alone. There's a grace when the heart is under fire, another way when the walls are closing in, and when I look at the space between where I used to be and this reckoning, I know I will never be alone, there is another in the fire. Standing next to me, 
the joy can every battle cause I know that's where you'll be That's an appropriate song uh, for this morning. I love the lines. There's another in the water holding back the sea. We should never, ever forget this. And this is exactly what I want to talk to you about today. In Psalm 107, God paints four different kinds of word pictures that represent various difficult situations where God comes in a strong way and he rescues us. Today... We're going to be looking at verses 23 through 32, and we're going to be looking at the last of these difficult situations, and it's a storm. This is a situation where we feel like we're drowning or we're going under. God wants us to know today that there is another in the water, and he is holding back the sea. Any passenger in a boat soon realizes their small stature we sense our insignificance on an open, vast ocean where there is no safe land in sight. There is no one to rescue us. We sense the danger of the times and of the unforgiving sea. But these past few weeks, I've given you a way to remember what the Bible teaches us about these situations and how actually God works in these situations. And so I want to go through them, and I named them after the four P's. Just remember these. Not only remember them, but more important, do them. <laughs> so let's go over them. The first P is the predicament. The second is petition. The third is provision. And the fourth is praise. Let's say that together with me. Predicament. Petition, then provision, and then praise. So that's what I want to look at this morning. And let's begin with the first P, and the first P is the predicament. In verse 23, it states, Some went out on the sea in ships, and they were merchants on a mighty, mighty water. This is a image that God paints in the canvas of our minds. The scene is of people who are doing their business and they're traveling uh, over the various waters and they're all in different types of ships. And then this predicament shows up for these sailors. They find themselves in verse 26. It says that they're stirred up a tempest that lifted high the waves. They mounted up to the heavens and they went down to the depth in their peril. Their courage melted away. Wow. They are definitely in a storm and they are 
at wit's end, and they have nowhere to go. The ship started by setting sail to navigate the winds and the water, but at this time, everything's been turned upside down. Now the winds and the waves are navigating the ship instead. The verse says they mounted up to the heavens, think about this, and then they went down to the depth. Wow! Can you imagine that, being in that kind of a storm? The boat is going as high as it can go with the waves, and then, boom, crashes down into a huge swell. They shot high in the sky, and then the bottom drops out, and their heart sinks. They spun like a top. They were disoriented. They did not know which way was up. It was a severe trauma. They literally caused their souls to melt. Literally, terror ceased their hearts. All their navigation skills were ineffective, so they became desperate. They were at wit's end. Literally, all their wisdom was swallowed up. Wow. There's no harbor, there's no rescue, and there's no hope. It's a picture of a situation that is violent, uncertain, and desperate. I know all of you can identify in your own storm, maybe times in your own life where you felt like life hit the bottom and your heart, your courage just melted away. You have no way to stand up under it and your courage fades away. Today, I've asked a family, uh, Barb and Eric Dagley, they're in our church, and I've asked them to come and talk about a storm that they were in and to talk about the predicament they were in and how God worked them through this process and allowed them to even praise him in the storm. So let's hear from the Dagleys and their predicament. Introduce to you uh, Eric and Barb. Uh, they're a wonderful couple. Uh, they love God, and they've been in our church for uh, 12 years, and uh, today, uh, we've asked them to speak about uh, some of the difficulties they've been through. So thanks, guys, for being with us and being willing to share. Thank you for having us, Thank Pastor. You. Uh, you're welcome, guys. So we've been exploring the storms of life and uh, how God helps us through those storms. And uh, I know that you guys have been through a rough time uh, in the storm, especially with your uh, daughter, Vanessa. Could you guys tell us a little bit about the difficulties uh, that you went through uh, in that predicament? Absolutely, Pastor. So um, let me start by saying Eric and I have been very blessed. We'll be married 38 years in October. And we have three wonderful daughters and eight grandchildren. Mm. And so the Lord has blessed us in many, many ways. But like most marriages, we've also had our trials. And But for us, and I think Eric would agree, the biggest um, trial and storm that we faced came in December of 2001. Um, it actually started early in September. Our youngest daughter, who was 15 at the time, wasn't feeling well. It wasn't anything specific. It was, it was general um, headaches and backaches and itching and just really not feeling well. So we started in September 
in taking her to doctor's appointments. And there was blood work that was run and x-rays that were run and we did two MRIs. And at that time, nothing was revealed. We, um, we knew something was wrong, but we, we just couldn't get the test results to indicate what it was. So Eric and I went to the Lord, we prayed, and we just asked for wisdom and how we should, what we should do, how, sh how we should go forward. And the Lord led us to continue to persist, and we did. So we continued to take her to more doctor's appointments, ran more tests. Um, we, were, we were helpless. We didn't know how to fix it. And we were completely dependent and reliant upon the Lord. And he, um, he just guided us. So as we continued with bone scans and MRIs, the last test that was done uh, was in December. It was actually not long before Christmas. And the doctor called us at home on a Friday night and said, I need to see you in the office right away, both you and Eric and your daughter. Um, this is very serious and it's not information I like to give on the phone. So we went to the doctor's office and she explained to us that the results indicated that Vanessa had stage four Hodgkin's lymphoma. And this had completely taken us by surprise. We had what we thought was a completely healthy daughter. And then one day you wake up and your whole life has changed. And we were, we were devastated. And we knew that the only hope we had was the Lord. And we just reached out to him uh, and just cried out to him. And, and he, he answered. He was there for us. Thank you, Barb. Really appreciate it. Wow. Thank uh, you, Eric and Barb, for sharing your predicament. I know as you were speaking, uh, many of us can relate to storms on our own lives, situations where we were, we, were, we were surprised and we were thrown into turmoil and uncertainty. We know there are storms in life. Now I want us to move to the next aspect of the text where the psalmist now discusses what's the godly response of an afflicted person who is in a storm. And so we move to the second P. And the second P is petition. And I love this part. It says in verse 28, Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. I want to say it again. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. This is an awesome scene. The person in the storm has come to an end of all their human effort. All their wisdom of trying to get out of the situation has been swallowed up. There is nowhere to turn except God. The only way out is a way up. No matter what problems we encounter, no matter what may ensnare us, there is only one safe path of safety. Our hope and our only hope is to move beyond ourselves, move to someone stronger than who we are. 
God never created you and I to be self-sufficient. God creates us to rely upon him. In this current pandemic, it has taught us many, many things. But one thing is really clear, and I think we all agree. We are, in fact, powerless. God loves it, and he knows how good it is when you and I fall on our knees in desperation and cry out to him with a passionate prayer. Lord, we need you. We cannot get out of this on our own. The Lord loves that from us. Have you ever noticed the inverse relationship between the depth of a crisis and the length of our prayers? The greater the storm, think of this, the simpler, more intense, and longer we pray. Lord, I need you. God, help me. Or sometimes, help, Lord. And we might pray that prayer day after day, moment by moment, just constantly calling on him. But now when times are good, we tend to pray with less passion, less specificity, and sometimes shorter. We might pray, Lord, take care of me today and bless me. Amen. <laughs> but when we cry out to the Lord, it's different. There's an intensity. There, we are in the midst of a situation where we come to the conclusion, unless God helps us, we won't be able to get out. Wow. We are asking God to move in the midst of a storm. Essentially, we are asking God to do something that we ourselves cannot do or we were not even created to do. Only God could do. This is beautiful. I want you to listen now to Eric and Barb, and I want you to listen to their petition. Uh, in our predicament, uh, God tells us to petition him. Can you describe how you cried out to the Lord, and what was the nature of your prayer at the time, and talk about who was praying, and talk a little bit about the intensity of your prayer? Certainly. Um, over the years that we've been married, we've owned three homes, plus taking care of my parents' home. And I've always been handy at fixing almost anything. But when our daughter was diagnosed, I could not fix her. There was nothing I could do. I, could, I just fell on my knees 